And we've got a couple of big projects on the horizon with the convention center and then the conference center out at the exit four area. Um, plan to work as hard as possible to make those come to fruition. I mean, those are destinations. Clarksville's Conversation, a podcast that brings you interesting conversations with fascinating people from around Clarksville and Montgomery County. Hi, this is Katie and Charlie with Clarksville's Conversation, where you get a chance to eavesdrop on our conversations with community leaders, innovators, people who are just making a difference every day in the community. And Katie, we have a leader with us today, Mr. Jeff Truitt, taking on a new role as the CEO of the Clarksville Montgomery County Economic Development Council and Aspire Clarksville. Director so. of Aspire as well, coming into the... It's a big, important wow, role. Wow, right. that was a mouthful. And it is a mouthful. I, I believe and he did it, it right. I wonder if it'll fit on a card. He did it right. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need to use a front and back yeah, of that that's card. Right. That's right. They're two-sided. They're two-sided. So we're all friends here, and you've known Charlie a long time. I've known uh, Charlie a long time. Charlie, did you know that Charlie, ever since puberty started, has never shaved that mustache? I didn't know that. Yeah. Because I've asked him about shaving that mustache before. He said he's never been without it. that come in here say they know that. So is that like a... Topic of I think people. Uh, we were dance dads. Oh yeah. Oh. So you have hours and hours to talk of ample opportunity to just talk about mustaches. And yeah. Jeff Nothing. is a phenomenal dancer. I mean, he can freestyle. <laughs> Not anymore. He and uh, uh, one of your predecessors, James Chavez. Uh-huh. Back in the day. Yeah, we're dance dads. That's yeah, fun. Back in the day. So to start this off, Charlie, mustache. You a question? Uh, okay, I've, I've, I've got one. Nice I think one I already know your answer to this, but if you were to take a sport and make it mandatory that they had to drink alcohol to play the sport, which one would be the most entertaining? The most entertaining or the most one I would enjoy being a part of? The most entertaining <laughs> to watch? Yeah, or both. Give us both. I grew up playing soccer, played for like 18 years, and I think drunk soccer would be hilarious. Yeah. Running around, falling down. Yes. It'd be dangerous. Baseball would be hard just to hit the ball. Because you're not going to hit a ball. If you go, yeah. Down. If you see three of them coming at you, that's, that's <laughs> not going to be easy. Yeah. Um, or be, imagine good, being the pitcher. You might be hitting the player. Yeah. Instead of the, yeah. yeah. That's a good question, but I, I think it'd be funny to watch drunk soccer. Drunk soccer. And, well, I was close. Yeah. I thought you may say hockey. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd I mean, that's good. already hard enough. Yeah, I mean, that'd be yeah. kind of dangerous. Too. We're already handicapped. It'd be dangerous. That's that. for well, sure. I, let's just be honest. Drunk any sport would be dangerous. It'd be, but it'd also always be funny. Yeah, it would it be would kind be, of funny. Would be Broomball fun. is fun. Charlie, tell you about his new nickname? No. no. What is your new nickname? Charlie uh, the Flash. Because I can fall and slide really fast. He was amazing in broomball. Did he fall? Amazing. Let me. I have to ask. Did he fall and slide on purpose or on accident? Uh, well, in all fairness, it was the best opportunity to stop that ball was to just lay down. That's right. And so a lot of people did that. Just yeah. blocked it with your body. And Charlie did that a lot. Well, I, I kept hearing uh, Mary Did you have bruises the next day? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. It's not just the next day. It's today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Mary Durrett, I'd, I'd hear him in the background going, lay down. <laughs> I heard so, I mean, when that ball is coming yeah. at you, if you try to move fast, you're going to fall. But if you kind of slide and go to the ground, you can cover five feet, ten inches worth mm-hmm. of ground. And take the other guy out. And take him out. That's right. Accident. At the legs. Yeah. <laughs> By accident. So let's talk about, for a minute, <laughs> let's, be, let's, get, let's talk about Jeff, not Charlie. We could talk about Charlie all day. But we really could. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe someday, okay. maybe someday you should join me and we'll interview Charlie. I think that's the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity. That's a great idea. We'll grow into that. Great idea. We'll grow into that. 
So in your, your, in your previous role, the chief staff for Montgomery County, talk to us a little four bit. Four and a half years. Yeah, mm -hmm. for four and a half years. Talk to us about that because, I mean, you did an amazing job with that. Um, well, I appreciate talk that. Talk to us about some of the, like, some of the moments or things that you accomplished you're really proud of. It's going to sound silly. No, that's okay. Um, one of the things that I really can't get out of my head, uh, when we first started four and a half years ago, I really don't want to bring up a tough subject, but chickens in the county is a tough subject, mm -hmm. believe it or not. And so we really dealt with that. Because you don't want because chickens, you, you No, do. because you can have chickens in the county. You can have them in the city. City, if you remember, the city council battled the whole chicken ordinances for mm -hmm. months and months and months. It never really surfaced to that point in the county, but you were allowed, you are allowed to have chickens in the county. That's not a big deal. But the house to house, the chickens cannot be within so many feet of your property line if you live within the county. So if you live in a subdivision, you want to have chickens, you can't have chickens. Long story, this, this gentleman that lives in a subdivision in the county had chickens and they were therapy through some, uh, some issues that he was dealing with. And got that worked out got a note from his doctor allowing those put it through building and codes and then i ran into that individual at the groundbreaking for the community garden that we did over in brandon hills uh -huh. and he said you have no idea what that meant to me he said but getting involved in that has taught me that i need to get out into the community and get involved so he was at the brandon hills groundbreaking, yeah. helping to dig the garden, helping to plant the plants, didn't have a connection to anyone there, but wanted to be involved in the community because he had gone through that process of getting that accomplished. And so seeing what it just, just that one person and, and seeing the results, kind of the fruits of your labor, because at the time you're like, chickens, really? Because you, you know, normally don't get to see you, the difference you, you make. That's right. You never you, get to see yeah. the difference you make, but running into that individual and just his heartfelt uh, thanks was, was really awesome. But the uh, there's been a lot of great moments over four and a half mm -hmm. years. Um, we've really we've really worked hard, as you know, for downtown revitalization. Uh, and it's not a lot of it's the heart and soul of your community. A lot of it is that. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people don't understand is that's the fertile ground for property tax revenue. Right. You know, it's an area of our community that has not seen a property tax revenue increase in over 10 years, which yeah. is amazing yeah. in this community. And so the infrastructure is there, increase the police the and fire are already yeah. there. It's the place to go and increase property value to increase revenue without having to raise property taxes. Well, I've, I've seen a transition in downtown, mm -hmm. not just in the buildings, but it seems like the businesses down there have kind of formed this little community thing. Oh, it's definitely. I love watching yeah. that support amongst each yeah. other. They help each other out. Yeah. I, mean, I saw one borrowing a printer the other day from another one, and mm -hmm. you know, it's a great little community like you talked about. Yep. I've learned a lot about HR too. Oh well, that's fine. Yeah. HR, there's, <laughs> there's you know, eleven, twelve hundred people in the county, so. Mm -hmm. um, it, when it elevated to the chief of staff, it was usually yeah. a pretty interesting situation. And that's not always fun. No, it's that's not always fun at all. But uh, that's a place where I've really had to uh, work to expound my toolbox right there. I'm sure that there, I mean, because you not being in that row or in that position in the past, you probably learned a ton. Leaned heavily on the mayor. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Honestly, when he hired me, I told him. I said, hey, I'm going to have to lean on your 31 years of government experience with employees. My experience was all private sector. Mm -hmm. Things are done a lot different in the private sector, as right. you know, as you both know. You know, if you're not happy, you can just fix it. Well, it doesn't work that way in the county. 
Not in government. In government. And so that was a learning curve. But I learned a whole lot from the mayor uh, about HR and how, how to handle specific situations. So, so before you were chief of staff, you had to get to Clarksville some kind of way. That's right. So, mm-hmm. so why Clarksville? What, what drew you to Clarksville and why are you here? In October, I have the receipt. Uh, I have a picture of the receipt in my phone. I keep it intentionally. In October of 1992, I came here with the United States Air Force. And typical Air Force on the Army base. Mm -hmm. I showed up and I said, hey, I'm here. I was a weather guy at the weather station. So I showed up at the weather station. I said, I'm Airman Truett. I'm here. I got orders from Scott Air Force Base out of Illinois to report here to Fort Campbell. And they all just kind of looked at me and said, we have no idea what you're talking about. And so <laughs> really? I had to go off post. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a dime. Uh, I had, of course, spent it at home on my leave, as any 20-year-old does. Yeah. And so my friend who brought me up here from Birmingham, Alabama, had to put a room on the, at the Winter Circle Motel on his credit card for $30.50. And so I still have that copy of that receipt That's in my phone. awesome. That was my first night in Clarksville. And my friend Corey Bergdorf, who I don't know, he's over in East Tennessee, but we don't. You know, our ways parted, and but we uh, were really good friends down in Birmingham. And he put my room in the Winter Circle Motel on his credit card. So when you showed up the next day, did they? When did they finally realize they said, supposed they to be said here? can you find a place to stay tonight? We don't okay. have anything for you in the barracks, or we don't have uh, you know a card for you to get into the chow hall and all of that good stuff. And so I found. So you got a taste of Clarksville right off the bat. Quick and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So how long did that that job last for you? For four years. I was, well, it was, I had about eight months of school. So it was about a year and two or three years and two months left in my initial four year sign up for the Air Force. Uh, so I wasn't going to be in weather. I didn't want to be in weather. I was going to be when I, my typical recruiter down in Birmingham, uh, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a canine police officer, the SPs in the Air Force or the MPs in the Army, Mm -hmm. said, you know, just train up a dog and and be involved in the law enforcement for the military. So he goes, oh, you got it. No problem. You'll get SP. Everybody gets SP. Well, then at basic training, the drill instructor's calling out jobs. He's like, you know, Coon, SP, Smith, SP, Truett, Weather. That's exactly how he did it. And I was like, what? (laughs) So, uh, truth be told, in your role role as chief of staff, knowing the weather, because the county has to deal with severe weather issues all the time. So it probably did help you. It it, it, it does. I was an observer, though, and not a forecaster. Uh, But I found out I could go to the Army and go to an Army base and go special operations and got to work with the 160th and 5th group for the next three years. So it was great. Loved my time in the military. So you have a passion for Fort Campbell now anyway. I do, absolutely. Because of your time there, but also because there's such a huge part of our community. Don't you, and you also love to cook. Don't you, tell me about, don't I you go out do and cook like for these cook. soldiers a lot? I, I mean, do what like it, to t- We used to a lot more, and we really need to rekindle so that. So what do you love I know to y'all cook? have been involved in that some, Yeah, too. what do you love to cook out there? Like, when you go, if you're going to Grilling. Go, grilling. Grilling. A guy uh-huh. that gets to hang out by his grill and cook meat for a long amount of time and maybe have a cold man soda or two, uh-huh. that's just the ultimate way to relax. what's the second ultimate? <laughs> Standing next to the man with the grill <laughs> with a cold soda yeah. and enjoying the fruits of his labor because well, he can cook. He I, can enjoy, cook. I enjoy it, and uh, but I do like, like butts. You know, I like to do butts overnight. I still mm-hmm. do that quite a bit at home. Um, 
I just I like to cook. Do you use an electric it's the smoker only, or a? Oh, I use a green egg. Green so egg, yeah. slow cook on a green egg, yeah, mm-hmm. as slow as possible. So yeah. I like to do about like fifteen hours, about right. So my yeah. husband cooks them overnight. He doesn't mm-hmm. use an electric smoker though, and they're delicious. Oh, the longer yeah. you cook oh, them, the yeah. better they are. Yeah, I did two last Friday night and kind of fell asleep on the couch for a little while longer than I intended. So. Oh well, it was probably still good. All right, yeah. it happens. So now you're taking on this new role with EDC. Mm-hmm. Very excited, very excited. And the decision to do so was a hard decision. I really, well, I bet it was. really enjoy being chief of staff. Um, you know, Mayor Durrett and I talked about it a whole lot. He was one of the first to come to me and say, really ought to consider this role. Um, some other community members did as well, of course, talked about it with my family. And the opportunity there for longevity Mm-hmm. Um, and not be in a political position that's attached to a four-year rotation. Um, and then a couple of major catalysts. One was Mayor Pitts being elected. Mm-hmm. And I just I knew what that was going to do to this community, the opportunity that came with that, that came with him being in that office. And to with, have the two mayors to have, work together. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it, it's already begun. There's, you know, monthly meetings that are taking place where they're talking about how to work things out, how to work on things. It's just, it's truly remarkable to see. But I knew that to be a part of that would be fantastic and to get to do so in that EDC role. Uh, and the second thing, throughout the past four and a half years, we've done a lot. A lot of it has gone not seen mm-hmm. uh, because of its nature. In our office, we've done a lot of economic development, uh, and it's not just the industries. I mean, day one, four and a half years ago, we were cold calling restaurants and cold emailing people to try to get them to come to our eat, to come to our community. Um, just as recently as last week, we uh, had an appointment to have someone up that is a restaurant tier that started in Nashville that we're trying to get to come to our town. So we've been doing that for four and a half years. Um, cold calling, just emailing, blasting out, you know, just, you know how that works. Right. And right. so we've been doing a lot of that on top of putting the pilots together, the TIF district together for downtown, the pilots for the industrial park, the individual TIFs outside of that TIF district. So we've been doing a lot of that economic development piece and I absolutely love it. I just love Putting that together, working that deal from start to finish. I like numbers. I always have. I said I wouldn't growing up. Yeah. My father was a CPA. He was an accountant. And so I ran from numbers. Yeah. Um, but he was right. Right. <laughs> yeah. As they as they usually are. Uh, so I like working with numbers. I like working with spreadsheets. I like trying to make things work from well, a different get, you, perspective. You're kind of getting to create something. And yep. Clarksville right now has a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. And we are kind of at a crossroads where we're either going to take this into the right direction or we're going to miss the opportunity. What do you think? I mean, in your role as the EDC, uh, the CEO of EDC, what do you what do you think is our biggest opportunity we need to grab first? What is our priority right now? We're doing really this to answer secondary answer. Okay. We're doing really well from an industry recruitment standpoint. Yeah. We need to keep that foot on the gas pedal. But where do I think we need to really focus is our existing businesses. Mm-hmm. I think we need to spend time with our existing businesses and get creative with our existing businesses to help them grow. Help them grow organically from from our community. I mean, that's if you want to add a bunch of jobs 
it's a whole lot easier to get the people who are already here to expand than it is to bring in other uh, other entities from outside. I think we need to do more for them. You know, the opportunities that we present when we go out to another to try to bring someone else in, those opportunities have got to be available for the people here that want to expand. Uh, and we've got to help them. We've got to have a relationship with them, too. Uh, yeah, I think um, that's and, and I think that's real important. And it, it's, you know, touching on that, you know, we do existing industry visits. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have people uh, like Train and Jostens, people, the, the companies that have been here. You know, mm-hmm. when, before we were all lived here, you know, Train was on the outskirts of town. That's right. And they just keep plugging along. And, and they keep growing. I mean, they're yeah. growing today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look up and you see the shiny new penny coming into mm-hmm. town and it's, it's glamorous and all that. And we, we're fortunate. Yeah, very fortunate. But, but I agree with you. We need to continue to invest in the companies it. that that have been here and invested mm-hmm. not only in our community but our families and our friends. And it's uh, it's fun to watch. It is it's fun, fun to watch that. And we've got a couple of big projects on the horizon with the convention center or the, the multi-purpose arena. event center downtown, and then the conference center out at the exit four area. Um, plan to work as hard as possible to make those come to fruition. I mean, those are destinations. Mm -hmm. Those are, we need more reasons to stay here for the weekend uh, and not to head down. We need more to do for our kids. So our kids want to stay here too. You know, know, Jeff and I, uh, well, he's a former dance dad and I'm a current dance dad. And it would be nice to have some of those dance competitions in downtown Clarksville. Hundreds, and when you go, what do you do? Come. You get a hotel room for one or two nights. Yeah, you you have to eat out every single meal that you eat out. Well, I'm a baseball it's mom, pumping a bunch of revenue. It, I'm a baseball mom, and most of the fields that we play in aren't that nice. But mm. we're going and we're play, we're buying hotel rooms too, and staying every weekend. And so, yeah, this we need some more things in this community, regardless what it is, mm-hmm. to make pe- to keep the tax dollars here and bring people here. And we got 24. You know how people drive right by us to go somewhere else for a destination? We have four exits on 24. Right. Four opportunities to get off and spend money here. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. What, what is it about Jeff Truitt's management style that makes you right to lead this Economic Development Council and the agencies? That's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of it is enthusiasm and culture. I think the culture of your organization starts at the top, uh, and I bring a positive, positive, enthusiastic leadership style who will get in and do the work. Yeah. And I think that's that's not really a quick sum up, but that's a, that's what I envision, uh, and that's what I know that I've done at the county. From watching from the outside, I would say that you have a. Let's figure out how to get it done. Attitude. Absolutely. Like there's no, don't come to me and say it can't happen. We're gonna figure out how to get Absolutely. it done. Absolutely. We buried I, can't. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. And I think that's, <laughs> that's what's right. made you successful yeah. in the role as chief of staff. Well, let's just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's part of the, what I was talking about earlier. About and you don't need the credit. You just I need, don't want. Yeah. yeah we don't that's want something that. I, you see I, that. That's something else I recognize yeah. about you. It's all about just getting it done. Well, thank you for saying that. But like when we were forced at chief of staff not forced but when we had the opportunity to come up with a way to fund all this new school growth mm-hmm. you know we we just we don't we don't want to raise taxes you, know, you just there are ways to do it without doing it so getting creative mm-hmm. looking at a will tax that hadn't changed in 29 years 
Thinking outside the 29 box. 29 years, and then figuring out what each dollar equates to mm -hmm. towards debt service for that debt. And then we've got, I mean, if, if y'all saw the 37 different spreadsheets that we have that show that will tax and how it goes out to 2025, 20, 2030, and how that will pay for school debt, uh, how it's got to be altered. And, and, you know, we know where we are with a five-year plan with the school system, but looking at it in a different way, in a different right. approach. Well, hey. So I want to get a little personal. Please come on. Tell me about your family. I mean, Oof. you came from Birmingham. Yeah. I've met. I've met your. Did you bring your Christy parents. with you? Did no. you meet her here? No. I mean, so I got out after four years. I wanted to go to college. Nobody from um, my mother's side of the family had ever been to college, and so had the GI Bill, which is now it's something different. It's post nine eleven now, but yeah. this was the Montgomery GI Bill at the time. So I got out and was beginning the process of going to Austin P and working at Rafferty's mm -hmm. and Christy was a server at Rafferty's. I was a server and I bartended and I cooked as well and just did a little bit of everything mm -hmm. at Rafferty's and she was always taking care of me. She <laughs> still yeah, does. Don't always you? taking care of me. Yeah. <laughs> Filling up my salt shakers, fixing my sugar caddy, you know, uh, and she was always taking care of me. I was actually seeing somebody else and, uh, uh, many people around me said, look, that's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of those people, interestingly enough, was uh, Mayor Durrett's dad. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. He would come in there, boss man, that's what we called uh -huh. him. Had a really, really close relationship with uh, Mayor Durrett's dad, boss man. Uh, and Nancy, his wife, they would come into Rafferty's and boss man said, look, that, that's where you need to be right there. Christy's who you need to be with. And mm -hmm. He was right. Yeah, he's a smart man. He he was right. And so we uh, dated for a while, all throughout college, and went from Rafferty's to owning part of the front page deli back before the tornado tore it down. And Christy came over there and worked as well at the bar. And uh, me and a couple of guys had that place before the tornado tore it down. And now we've got a daughter that's in school in Nashville. And She's smarter than both of us put together. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, life, life evolves. And, you know, y'all know exactly how it is, yeah. you know. I talked to so Steve fast. earlier. My husband? Yeah. Today? I, I did. About the uh, about year two and just growing up. It, we, it, we it's know, it's cliche, crazy. but it's overnight. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy how fast yeah. it happens. Yeah. No, Aiden's 12, Noah's mm -hmm. um, nine, and Steve just bought a new truck. And he said, I'm going to buy this truck, keep it for four years, and then Aiden can have it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You start making, yeah. you start, that's the start of the planning process. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. Yeah, when Macy went, yeah, I did the same thing for her to get a car. I drive a, a 19, mid 1990s Toyota with 403,000 miles mm -hmm. on it. But Macy's got a nice car. Well, you need to be on a Toyota tele television commercial. I know. I that's know. right. Well, that's part of, that's part of, you know, that's part of the <clears throat> beauty of Clarksville, though. Mm -hmm. You stayed here because you loved it. I stayed here because I loved it. Absolutely. Had it, decision. Well, I could have gone to Birmingham. You could have gone back where yeah. you're from. It's a great yeah. place to yeah. raise a family. It really is. And it's, I was home one Christmas not long after getting out of the service. Christy and I were both down there, actually, at my parents' house, and the water heater went out. It was like the Sunday before Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. My dad's like, oh, no, you know, what do we do? What do we do? No hot water. And I'm like, what? I said, you don't know. I said, I got three or four plumbers I can call. Uh, if I was yeah. in my house, right. I would say, I don't care if it's Sunday. I'll come over. You and I will mm -hmm. put it in. Or, you know, we'll work together. Clarksville still has that. Mm -hmm. And that really opened my eyes, and that, that's just one instance, but it sounds silly, but that really opened my eyes. I was like, you don't have anybody here in Birmingham. You're not close enough 
to a group of friends like that. Right. Um, this is still a small community feel, but it's uh, got a lot of the amenities of a much larger community. Yeah, I'm sure you, you've had people that have influenced your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, who or what, what, who inspires you? I mean, who, who is your rock? It's a list. There's a list yeah, of, yeah. yeah, but I can, starting just going through a timeline of events was, uh, there was a manager at Rafferty's uh, named Jimmy, uh, and he, his leadership style was just really good. Really good. Learned a lot mm-hmm. from him. He ended up going, his name is Jimmy Woodward. He ended up going on within the Rafferty's organization to fix Rafferty's that were in need of, of some, yeah. some fixing. And so, um, and then before that in the military, my commander, who I still talk to today, and I've been out over 20 years. I still talk to him today. His name is Mike Davenport. He was a, a major then, so it's funny because I still call him Major Davenport. He, yeah. He's a colonel yeah. later on, so he doesn't really like that. But uh, you know, I still talk to him. Uh, I still talk to a lot of the guys I was with in the military. And then after getting out, boss man that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, that how you met Jim? Is that, that how, is how I met him? That is how I actually met him through his dad. Huh. Uh, boss man and Nancy, after telling me to marry Christy, they had uh, our engagement party in the basement of their house. Oh, wow. Over at the old mill. And uh, I met Jim long after I, I knew his dad. Huh. I didn't know that story. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then now, lately, um, Jim, uh, Mary Durrett, I, I say Mary Durrett. I told him mm-hmm. I was going to do that when he, yeah. when he hired me. Um, but he's an incredible mentor. Mm-hmm. He's been an incredible mentor. Really, really has taught me a lot from a leadership standpoint. Um, you know, adamant always about calling people back, emailing people back. He's told back. me the same thing before as well. Yeah. Well, I think I think what would help you guys work well together as chief of staff and mayor, and now as EDC and mayor, mm-hmm. is um, you're both willing to listen to each other, even if you disagree. Mm-hmm. You can get it on the table mm-hmm. and figure it out. And not not worry about who gets the credit. It's right. more about getting to the right answer. It's about getting it done. And but also too, I think what's worked out really well because we had this conversation. Uh, the the conversation to go to work there was pretty pretty good story. I don't know if y'all knew or not, but mm-hmm. I was running for city council. I actually know Remember this story that? because I because I was yeah. behind you to be chair of the chamber. That's so right. I know this. That's story. right. Yeah. And so. Uh, Typical Jim, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't say a word about it and runs. And then after he gets elected, he says, oh, I'm going to need a chief of staff. But that's how he is. He doesn't want to put the cart before the horse. And uh, that's his style. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So we were eating lunch down at Subway on Riverside Drive like we did a couple of days a week. He said, hey, we think you about at Duke Steiner? Huh? Were you eating at Duke Steiner at that time? Uh, no, it wasn't there. Oh, I don't think. Okay. No. Uh, it may have been there, but we yeah, weren't. Yeah, because I know we used yeah. to eat there a lot when she was. Oh yeah. yeah. Gosh, I missed that. I miss her too. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so yeah. um, he said, "Hey, what do you think about chief staff?" And I was just looked at him. I said, "What?" I said, "I just put out 150 yard signs last night." You know. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that's a lot of work. Yeah, but we talked about it, and one of the things we talked about is what you just said, Charlie. You know, we're friends that have known each other for a long time. And when we cook, as an example, we used to cook for large groups. We'd argue in a, in a nice way, but yeah. when to light the fire, mm-hmm. you know, when the pork chops come off, when they go on, you know, when is it time to light the beans, you know. Um, but that was the analogy that we used when we were talking about that day. We said, look, we can do that, 
but there's one boss. There's ultimately one decision. And, you know, we talked about working through that and it's worked out really well because we do. We have great conversation and people that are around us a lot. They know that they know that we have good, healthy conversation. But yet he's the boss. I have a memory of you and Jim cooking and you I don't Mm. know if you're going to remember this. It was I probably hadn't been here very long. And Jeff calls me one day and goes, y'all were right down the road here. Uh, what's uh, that? Oh, well, Russell Pike. What's the name of that? Yeah, the, it used to be the Kiwanis Club. Yeah, with the convention thing. Yeah. You call me and go, hey, come down here. Jim and I got an idea. And I go down there, and I don't know, y'all were mixing beans or something in big old coolers. <laughs> uh-huh. and, I mean, you were like mixing oh, yeah. it up. And you said, Jim and I wanted to do a radio show. Do you remember this? I do, I do. And I said, what are you going to talk about? We thought it would be fun to get together and just talk about local community. Yeah. And just talk about lo- local items. And here, and here we sit today. Well, that, that, you know, that's why we started this podcast, actually, because a lot of people are always like, hey, we want to do a talk show, this mm-hmm. or that. And I was like, mm, why don't we do a podcast? But I think it's a great idea. Yeah, we don't want to do political stuff. We just really want to talk about there's a we are blessed to know the stories mm-hmm. about from you and Jim and stuff. But a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. They need to know those things. So I'm going to ask you one more question. And so you're starting this new position. Just one more. Well, we can keep going if you okay. want. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Oh, I do want to talk about the Campbell Strong mm-hmm. thing, too, before you get done. What do you feel like is going to be your biggest challenge in this new role starting out? Biggest challenge? Um, so I know you've thought a lot about it. I have thought about it but i don't i don't know if i could i just identify a big challenge i mean that's i'm not yeah you know I, I would say that right now the entities under the edc are kind of operating along their own path uh, i don't think it's a challenge but i'd like to get everybody working together more along common goals Uh, and not to be operating uh, in individual silos. But I think the entities are doing a great job now. Um, So I don't see that as a major challenge. Uh, I do think that uh, I'm not not concerned about any challenges. Well, you're going to be able able with this role to look back and leave a legacy as Clarksville grows Mm because you're going to be able to say, hey, as a part of that, and Mm. that's going to be pretty cool. Mm. Just like this, your co-chair right now of Fort Campbell Strong. Mm-hmm. With Mayor Defense Carter Lions. Hendricks out of yeah. Hopkinsville. Which is what, six counties? Six counties, three on the Kentucky side, three on the Tennessee side. Uh, and that's something four and a half years ago. We went mm-hmm. to Alexandria, Louisiana uh, and met with their Defense Alliance there. And they work really, really hard as a community for that. I think it's Fort Polk down there is where JRTC happens. Yeah, they work really hard for that community, for that base to keep funding coming to that base that's appropriate and for stuff that's happening outside the fence as well. And so we've worked for a couple of years. Finally, we're able to get an OEA grant, federal OEA grant, uh, to put that entity together, really to fund it for the first two, three years. And so it's been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great bringing two sides of the state line together, mm-hmm. six counties. Uh, the mayors and the county executives or judge executives from Tennessee get together uh, quite often, uh, monthly, if not, if not send a representative to the monthly meetings. And we talk about you know, what can we do. Fort Campbell has a has a a message that they would like for D.C. to get or those right, the DOD to get. But it's not so. the same as our message outside the fence. Uh-huh. Um, their message might, might be we need eight, num- eight more helicopters. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's good. If we want the helicopters too because it helps it grow. But you know, we want if brack happens, we want to grow. You know, we if we we want to advocate for additional personnel right. to come here, and for those personnel to to get out and stay here. You know, last year, 2018, we averaged 380 people out processing Fort Campbell a month. That's a month. 380 a month. That's really hard to fathom. Um, but only 30% of those are retiring. The other 70 are getting out for one reason, like I did after four years. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to work hard to capture them and to provide the opportunities and the jobs for them as they out process to stay here. Um, they're, they're, they being the military connected personnel, they're good citizens. Yeah. You know, if you look mm -hmm. at just statistics, which I like, they pay taxes on time. They pay more taxes than the average person. They buy a bigger home than the average person. Um, you know, those are things that you have to think about. If you want to grow your economy and you have that resource, use it. What's really amazing, what he's taught, you know, the, the transition in soldiers. Mm -hmm. It was just a few years ago. We were at about 19 percent. That would stay in the area. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now we're up over 30%. Uh, yes, just topped over 30%. Mm -hmm. It's massive. If you can capture, like I said, if you can capture those people. You can capture the jobs, the quality of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you've got to have work. You've got to have jobs right. for them when they get out. And it's uh, <clears throat> Charlie knows in, in, in his previous role with workforce. I mean, there's a, a fiscal cliff there that you have to get past with the out-processing soldier. You know, when it's... You know, we've identified what that hourly wage is, and we've got to get our business entities around here to come up to a level so that they all, they're on that fiscal cliff with them. Right. Uh, and there's a new grant, the new $7.7 .7 million grant um, that is also from the federal government that's going to help drastically uh, with filling some of those gaps. Was the grant going to help pay some of those salaries if business? Actually, it is. What There's, there's a couple of different parts and pieces of it. First, it... Oddly enough, at 101 Peters Mill Road is the address of the facility that they've leased. Used to be a big real estate office. That's but there's 12 or 13 people there whose job is going to be putting spouses and uh, military personnel and those getting out of the military to work. And one of the programs allows any business, your business, Charlie's business, FNM, any business locally that wants to hire a military personnel, it will pay half of their hourly wage for the first year. Hmm. And so that that's a big help that because a big help. as a company, company XYZ, if I'm going to take a, a chance on Charlie, of course, we wouldn't be taking a chance on Charlie because he's fantastic. <laughs> but if we want to take a chance on Charlie coming out of the military, you know, the week. you're not going to pay him probably what he's really worth a yeah. year from now. Right. If he works out fantastic, you're going to start him, let's say. Five bucks an hour. We'll start Charlie at five. You know, I you was. You don't even get minimum wage, Charlie. <laughs> I'm trying to use numbers. I'm working yeah. my way up. Okay, let's give him ten. Yeah. But if we're gonna pay, if we pay somebody who hangs around in our company sixteen bucks an hour uh, to work, but we start people off at twelve dollars an hour, and they work to get to that sixteen over the first year if they're good, and I'm going to keep them. Mm -hmm. Well, with this, you could actually start Charlie at sixteen. And have eight picked up by this grant. Yeah. So you're only paying eight instead of 12, but yet you're getting a better quality person, in theory, yeah. that right. you're paying them the rate they've been at for an hour or a year longer or a year already. And what's amazing about that whole thing, when you, we circle back to what your job is mm -hmm. now, absolutely, is a recruitment tool. That is Incredible recruitment tool. Because you've, you've yeah. got soldiers transitioning mm -hmm. right. out. You've got 
Austin P, TCAT, mm-hmm. of course, just our, our school system. The amount of kids that come through that school system, 40% of them will go straight into the workforce. Absolutely. So there, there are so many. But they've got to be ready. They've got to right. be ready. And, and to, to piece all these things together, it's really kind of exciting to watch because I've mm-hmm. kind of been in the mix there watching you do it. It is fun, isn't it? <laughs> it, it it's fun yeah. knowing that you're helping someone change their life and mm-hmm. you're helping a company change our community. It's all just jumbled up together. It's yeah. amazing. And it's little things, too, that a lot of the public never sees that we talked about. We talked about that earlier. But you know, like our teachers, when a military spouse transfers here, they have to take a test to be certified in the state of Tennessee. Well, that test is $500. $500 might not seem like a lot to a lot of people. It's a lot to me. Yeah. But it's a whole lot to somebody who just got stationed here and their family stationed here mm-hmm. but then you put it in perspective they have a year to get certified i think i may be off a little bit but there's a the root is a problem yeah. and so they have a certain amount of time to get certified well if they're only going to be here two years because that's their rotation do they get certified to be there, you know, right. if they if they can work a year without being, mm-hmm. so then the school system only gets them a year. It's a major problem, and so we're trying to work with the state right now to talk about reciprocating those licenses for those spouses, or let's waive the five hundred dollars, or let's recoup the five hundred dollars yeah. back to them, or pay it for them up front, yeah. even if you. Ask the spouse to pay that and then pay Is them back. Is there someone back. sponsoring a bill right now on that? At the yes, we, we're, we're working yeah. with the state yeah. right now. Yeah. But those are the things I enjoy working on. I mean, it can be done. We've done it with truck drivers. We've mm-hmm. done it with medics. Absolutely. Right. You know, so why not teachers? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that, those, those are, the, are the wins that yeah. you really like. You those really are the like. things that change individual lives. Absolutely. Well, all of it really does, but yeah. you get to see those changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, thank you for coming in, and I'm guessing in this new role, you're going to have a lot of exciting things going on, so we're going to have you in quite a bit. I hope so. Yeah, I what's the next big thing coming? I mean, everybody's going to ask you that. So what is it, yeah? We really, really are working hard <laughs> on this multi-purpose event center downtown. I was downtown. Mayor Durrett kind of alluded mm, to it. He said yeah. it was going to be a first quarter announcement. I keep telling him that's January, February, March, by well, the way. <laughs> he, yeah. said, he said to me, yeah. I said, well, what, January 2nd? He goes, not that early in first yeah. quarter, Katie. Yeah. So, but he, we we will have a plan in place for mm-hmm. the county and the EDC because I will uh, still work on that project, obviously from an economic development standpoint. I'm excited about that project. That's going to change the potential the face to is is game changer, and then, we've had lots of game changers. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, we talked about some of them today, but that is definitely a game changer. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you again for coming in. We come thank back you and guys. visit us. Y'all do such a great job. Well, we're. Having fun doing this, yeah, aren't right. we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we appreciate you. We, we're good at talking with our friends. <laughs> so, all right, guys. See you later. Thank y'all. Have a good day. Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.